Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Coming up, you will be hearing material from the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. In fact, the very first conversation excerpt on this week's edition correlates with the start of college football season with Dell Didway, who has put together devotional books based on sports figures and sports teams, sharing comments at CPE about his two newest schools he's been involved in spotlighting, Florida State and Florida, and featuring faith in golf as well. You will be hearing from him ahead. Also, Patty LaRoche has a long association with sports. Her husband played and coached Major League Baseball, and her sons also played professionally. Through the course of her travels, God has taught her about overcoming rejection and trusting in Him. Some of her Christian Product Expo comments are coming up. And on this edition of The Intersection, Peter Rosenberger has experienced God's faithfulness in his journey of being a caregiver for over 35 years to his wife, who had been severely injured in an automobile accident many years ago and has endured over 80 surgeries since then. He has stood beside her and offers perspective and encouragement for those who are called into that caregiver's role. Finally, Susie Larson has acquired quite a reputation as a woman speaker and media host and I had the chance to hear elements of her story and heart for women to know God better. Material from a Meeting House conversation with her is coming up. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Del Didway has acquired quite a reputation for using sports as a means through which biblical truth can be shared. He has written a number of devotional books, including Dugout Devotions 1 and 2 and First Down Devotions 1 and 2. He also has written devotions that tie into significant moments in the history of college football teams, including Alabama and Auburn, and his latest on Florida State and Florida. Those are called Florida State Devotions, Inspirational Stories for the Knoll Nation, which he has co-authored, and one he has authored called Florida Devotions, Inspirational Stories from the Swamp. He also has a release coming next year centered around the game of golf called Birdies, Bogies, and Blessings, 30 Days of Devotions for the Godly Golfer. Here now from the Summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, is Dell Didway. What did you pick out from a spiritual standpoint with FSU? Oh my, there's so much to go. Bobby Bowden, obviously, the, his, his, his legend, his yep. legacy of being a very voc- uh, vocal believer. Uh, I, I liked uh, doing some research about some Deion Sanders moments, you know, which are really great with FSU I mean, as far as his ability and his charisma that he attracted people. So, yeah, I just like that. It's very interesting that Dion has received some flack oh, on, on one, you know, on one side from being so outspoken about his faith. Yeah. He's also the guy, as I heard a sports commentator say the other day, he's kind of the guy that set all of this conference realignment stuff going on. I mean, you talk about a, a – a, a character of the magnitude of a Deion Sanders or a Bobby Bowden. Yeah. These are people that change the face of college football, and they're two guys that actually profess faith in yeah. Christ. Yeah, Deion's – I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure to talk to him on on a couple of different times. He's just a, he's just a pleasure to, to chat with, a very 
cordial, very yeah. polite, and just fun to be around. You kind of are attracted to him. And then, of course, University of Florida. Yeah. Uh, again, a, a, I guess you could say a landscape-changing athlete yeah. by the name of Tim Tebow having played for the University of Florida. Of course, Florida had its, you know, they're kind of in a, in a transitional time yeah. after, for, by Florida standards, a, <laughs> a, a below-par season, a sub-500 season last year, if you count the bowl game, which nobody, I'm sure, mm-hmm. wants to. No. But, but nevertheless, what were you able to pick out from, from Florida beyond, beyond mm-hmm. Tebow? Well, Tebow was a lot of it. <laughs> you know, he's the, doing this. His, he even made dugout devotions, He made didn't dugout he? devotions, too, and first-hand devotions, too, and the Florida book. But something that was a, a little twist for Florida was uh, was able to chat with a Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, yeah. who's really is very uh, – will not back down about his faith, very vocal about his faith, and his some of his memories coming out of Florida, um, be, being a believer. I actually was able to give him the book. And he's like, oh, man, I love this. I love, you know, I can't wait to, to like, j- dive into this book. So Florida is just a great tradition. Um, a lot of schools have great traditions, but Florida seems to be a little bit more. I don't know what about it, but it seems to be a little bit more. Uh, the two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar, that, that theme song. I know I went about the, the history of that. And some of that stuff is very interesting. Yeah, so. I bet. Dell Didway joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio, the king of the mountain as far as sports <laughs> devotions books go. And we are here at the Christian Product Expo Summer 2023 show in Lexington, yeah. Kentucky. Well, Dell, as we begin to wrap up, yeah. there is a new book that is coming out next spring. year. It's yeah. called Birdies, Bogies, and Blessings. So yeah. a book on lacrosse. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of fun. Iron Street Media's done a really good job. I was very I, – I, I need to give a shout-out to them. I mean, my, my – First book with them, Dugout Devotions, is, is just hit 17,000 copies sold. For me, that's a big deal. Yeah. But Birdies, Bogies, and Blessings is something I really enjoyed. Research, I call it research. When I go and spend time with some of these golfers and interview them about their faith, just a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stories in this one. I mean, spend some time with Stuart Sink and Cameron Tringali, who's just got one of the best stories I've ever, um, I've ever heard about honesty and integrity. It's, it's in this book, and you have Jason Day and, you know, uh, um, Matt Kuchar. So we were able to sit down with these guys and, and talk to them about certain instances about their faith. Matt Kuchar, because I, I, he's always smiling. Matt Kuchar's always smiling, and I asked him, why are you always smiling? And it kind of caught him off guard, and he goes, you know, I don't know. And then he says, you know what? God's good to me. You know, I get to come out here and play golf every day, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy. God's blessed me, so why shouldn't I smile? Why shouldn't I be smiling all the time? Count your blessings. Exactly. Dell Didway here on the intersection. You can find him online by going to Dell D E L Didway D U D U I T dot com. Next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, Patty LaRoche has a long association with sports. Her husband played and coached Major League Baseball. Her sons also have played professionally. Through the course of her life's experiences, God has taught her about overcoming rejection and trusting in Him. She has written a book entitled A Little Faith Lift, Finding Joy Beyond Rejection. Here now from that conversation is Patty LaRoche. I actually used some of my stories from professional baseball because when my husband played, the money wasn't great, but it was starting to be really good. And so 
we were running into some of the wives who were maybe a little more into the the diva kind of concept that I had not seen previously. And so sometimes they actually had, I had experiences where they weren't really friendly to some of us wives that were coming out of the minor leagues. And so that's part of my book, talking about that journey. Like, what do you do when people that you look up to don't treat you very well or or you don't feel like you measure up because you don't you're not in their social class or certainly not in their appearance class and that's part of my book it was part of my journey but I wouldn't have traded that life for anything because some of my best friends that I still have have come out of that baseball experience and obviously rejection is a big part of Mm -hmm. this book Mm -hmm. and the content thereof and you were mentioning the rejection that you had Mm -hmm. being a baseball wife Mm -hmm. but it actually goes back further it goes it goes way back I was born uh, to a mother whose husband had died when I was eight months old she was pregnant we were very very poor I had a brother a year older than me so when you grow up poor and you you know you don't measure up you don't have the right clothes you don't have the appearance I was tall and skinny and freckly and Everything worked against me, and so my life was trying to be somebody I wasn't. And it wasn't until I really found out who I was in Christ that God's the audience that counts, and I don't have to live to measure up. But it took me a long, long time to get there. So, yes, my childhood played into that, and then just my high school experiences trying to be a cheerleader. And I wasn't a cheerleader, but I always thought that would make me popular. I was always seeking the next thing to make me measure up. And so I I found out later on, I think way too late, which is why I wrote my book to help people not wait as long as I did, that God is the audience that counts. And if we're pleasing him, then that's what matters. Patty LaRoche is joining us today here on The Beating House on Faith Radio, the author of the book, A Little Faith Lift, Finding Joy Beyond Rejection. Yes. Yes. And I think about, and as you were sharing your story, and mm-hmm. I would say that more than a few of our listeners can relate to something growing up, mm-hmm. maybe in their adult life, mm-hmm. maybe that something had happened just this week mm-hmm. or this month, mm-hmm. but series within our lives of being rejected. Mm-hmm. And as that as that snowball effect yes, occurs, it does. as you have rejection that is laid or layered on top of mm-hmm. other forms of rejection, it's very, yes, it or it can be difficult to actually grasp who God says you are mm-hmm. and to really be, as the Bible says, accepted in the beloved as children of God when you've got this Mm-hmm. This mindset, this mm-hmm. aura, if you will, mm-hmm. in your consciousness of being rejected, trying to measure up, not quite making it, not meeting the standards. Absolutely. It can certainly be just very destructive, can't it? And I have met so many women, women my age, who say they wish they could go back and relive their entire lives to not try to measure up and be somebody they weren't. And I know one lady I was talking to recently was telling me about how she was a farm girl, but she didn't want to be a farm girl. She wanted to be a popular girl. And so she spent her entire life trying to be somebody that God hadn't, 
hadn't created her to be. And I think that's the thing when we find out our giftedness, when we find out what has God equipped us to be, and we're satisfied with that because the comparison game becomes very, very dangerous. I talked about that in my TED talk, that if I'm always trying to be somebody else and we play the if only game, if only I were taller, richer, smarter, holier, more creative, whatever it is, and God's saying, I have given you gifts. My book is written with a humorous bent. I, I love laughter. I laugh a lot. It's gotten me in trouble a lot of times, especially in grade school. But that's the purpose to my book is to make people understand that you can survive rejection, that there are things you can learn from it and you can be better off because of it if you just don't let that determine who you are. Patty LaRoche here on The Intersection. You can find out more at alittlefaithlift.com. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the Faith Radio website. Go to the programming menu and you can find a link to the Meeting House homepage. Through that homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the Intersection Podcast, as well as the Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed. Plus, you can find a link to video content in the Faith Radio YouTube channel, where you can watch video of Meeting House guests, including recently added content from the summer 2020. Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. Two blogs are accessible from the Meeting House homepage. One is The Three, featuring three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can reach it through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Well, moving on now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's the founder of Standing with Hope, Peter Rosenberger, who is the author of a book entitled A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. In our recent conversation, he shared about the years-long journey that he and his wife Gracie have been through in light of a severe injury even before the two of them met. He also related biblically-based encouragement for those who are caregivers. Here now from that conversation is Peter Rosenberger. What do you see as maybe some of the bedrock principles, some of the bedrock wisdom that you could share with those that are in this type of situation? The biggest one I've learned is that my wife has a Savior, and I am not that Savior. Mm. And that is that is absolutely uh, ground central for me. Um and and I have come to understand I'm not here to fix this. I, the, whatever's going to improve Gracie's life is beyond my capabilities when it comes to the challenges she has. That is not why I'm here. I am a steward of this. I do not own this. I did not do this to Gracie. I cannot undo it. And it is not my job to try to force this issue. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You cannot mourn if you are raging or despairing. Mourning means grieving over what you are accepting, what is right in front of you. This is really happening. 
this is the way it is, and I will grieve over it. I will mourn it. I will accept it. And that's when the comfort comes. But as long as I clench my fist and think somehow I will change this reality that is right in front of me, and I will make myself and others miserable until I do, or I'm so despairing that I can't even function, then I'm not going to receive that comfort because I'm not mourning. Mourning is seeing it for what it is, accepting it, grieving it, and recognizing it. And also as believers, knowing that God is sovereign in this. There's no conventional reason for Gracie to be alive, medically speaking, after all she's been through. And there's no conventional reason for us to be married other than God has decreed it. Hmm. And if he has decreed it, I can rest in it. If he is Lord at all, he is Lord of all. And as I go to the hospital with Gracie next month and watch her gurney go into surgery again for this very long surgery, I can know confidently that he is already waiting for her in the operating room. He's already there. And I I think this is what has changed in my life, Bob, where I've come to understand his sovereignty in ways. And some people get real nervous when you talk about God's sovereign. I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't imagine God not being sovereign. If there is even one errant molecule, R.C. Sproul says this, then, then how can he be God? Yeah. And so I, that's, what, that's what strengthens me. That's what comforts me. That's what stabilizes me to know that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. That he is the Lord, my God, who will heal thee. If you come unto him, all you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Rest and sleep are two different things. And as caregivers, we need to rest. And rest means we are ceasing from that striving. We are knowing that God has not abandoned us. That's what his promises says. Uh, and, and I rest in those knowing that he knows Gracie. He knows her name. He knows me. And he's got this. It's, he's asked us to do a hard thing. He has not intervened in a way that I would like. I've offered my consulting services to the Almighty many occasions. Oh, I've told God what to do many times. And <laughs> let me tell you something. Hmm. When God says no, did... it's a complete sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah. How did that How did that consultancy offer work for you? <laughs> yeah, not too good. No, uh, no. But it's... You know, but that's but but I, I look at uh, I look at the the long line of people who have pled with God about things, mm. and God has said, you're, "You're going to trust me. I've got some some tough things for you, but you're going to trust me, and and my grace is sufficient." That's what Paul said. Paul pled with him three times. Take this away from me, God said, "My grace is sufficient." And so these are bedrock principles. That doesn't make it easy what we go through. But it makes us have understanding that we are not hopeless in this. Bob, that's the key. I see so many people who are just hopeless. And I would say to you, no, we are not. Hmm. We have a God who is intimately involved with suffering, intimately involved with our grief and our sorrow. And he is there revealing more of himself in this. Now, if anybody else is telling this, okay, maybe raise an eyebrow. I've been taking care of a very disabled woman since Ronald Reagan was president. I cannot do this on my own. I've tried. I have, I'm the crash test dummy of caregivers. If you can fail at it, I have failed at it. But I found him to be faithful, 
period. Hmm. Peter Rosenberger here on The Intersection. You can learn more through the website hopeforthecaregiver.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, I had the opportunity recently to talk with Susie Larson. She has acquired quite a reputation as a women's speaker and media host. I had the chance to hear elements of her story and her heart for women to know God better. She has written a book entitled Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? Here now from that conversation is Susie Larson. How does actually maintaining that awareness of God's presence help us as far as really living the life that God intends for us to live from a from a mental standpoint so that we reject these overtures that the enemy is making? Great, great question. One of the things I say in the book is a renewed mind will only take you as far as the knowledge that you are loved, that, that you've got to know God for who he is. And so often we construct a God in our image. And the book is really intended to be a healing balm for your heart, to move you out of that bracing for impact, especially in the mm. seasons when you don't sense him or feel him, when you do sense him, when he does break through. So often when God does that in Scripture, when he does it in our lives, where he just thunders through and says something to you, it is often about lordship or identity or that you need an upgrade in faith or kind of confronts our unbelief. And we always have a choice to make when God moves. I mean, you think of when Jesus healed the demoniac, the people in the town. There's a man in their town, naked, who had to be chained, who kept cutting himself and was foaming at the mouth. And yet when Jesus put him in his right mind and he was dressed and, you know, ready for service, they begged Jesus to leave. They'd gotten so accustomed to evil that they begged Jesus to leave. Or when he did other things in other towns, they begged him to stay. Why such different responses? It's because of what they're cultivating in their heart. And I think when you start to tether your heart to the God of the Scripture, that he's good, his promises are true, he's rever- he deserves our reverence and our honor because he merely spoke and the heavens came to be, you will understand that you are actually tethered to a good God and you're safe in his care. So my goal in my heart for this book is to help you not only navigate the times when he does speak, but to navigate when you don't hear him speaking, that you're tethered to the same God and he is good. But you you do need to meditate on his glory and his goodness. You do need to rehearse thoughts and remember the things that he has done. You know, think about David, you know, the way that he framed his trials when he was ready to face off with Goliath. He didn't go up to Saul and say, I have had so much trauma in my life. Like how many people have actually been attacked by a bear and a lion? No, he used those as victory stories going, I already faced off with a bear. I've already faced off with a lion. I'm going after this giant because he defies the armies of the living God. And I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about your trauma. I've had plenty. But I want to say when you leave those things in your soul unresolved in light of God's love, they are places where the enemy can attack and he will get you to build a case against God. This is why in season and out of season, we meditate on the authority, the majesty, the power, the goodness of God so that we can resolve those traumas and those fears. So when the enemy comes in packing, we can send him packing. We can say, you got the wrong man. I know who God is and I know who you are. and I'm not listening to what you have to say, but you can only take that as far as, as you know that God is good. And that does take rehearsing, meditating, mm. practicing, pondering. And uh, that's what I'm praying the book will help you do. Susie Larson here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Susie, S-U-S-I-E, Larson, L-A-R-S-O-N, dot com. 
We are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org and clicking on the Meeting House link. At the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests from the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House program. You can also find links to the Intersection Podcast, as well as the Faith Radio YouTube channel, through which you can watch video content from Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter at Access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can visit the programming menu at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.